Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. It's one thing falling in love with a house, picturing yourself moving in and calling it home, and quite another navigating the world of price negotiating, mortgage lenders, and finding the budget that works best for you. An agent who's a Realtor can make understanding that world easier. Realtors have the expertise, access to proprietary data, and tools to help you get from imagining living somewhere to actually doing it. That's the kind of help we can provide. Because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Finding a good therapist should not be like finding an empathic needle in a haystack. But sometimes that's what it feels like. It's hard to know where to start. And even if you find some options, it's hard to know if you've really struck a good match. Welcome back to Savvy Psychologist. I'm your host, Dr. Jade Wu. Every week, I'll help you meet life's challenges with evidence-based research, a sympathetic ear, and zero judgment. Today, we'll walk step-by-step through the process of finding potential therapists, including where to start looking, how to narrow down your list, how to evaluate whether someone might be a good match, and of course, how to find some affordable options. Recently, I was commiserating with a friend about how hard it is to find the right therapist. She was spending hours researching therapists near her And even after their websites and names had begun to all blur in her mind, she was still confused about how insurance coverage worked and whose credentials matched what she really needed. Believe it or not, I had a similar experience with finding a therapist, and I'm a therapist myself. When I was looking a couple of years ago, I both felt like there were too many choices and also no good options. And that's such a shame that therapy is so elusive for so many, given its many potential benefits. It really shouldn't be this hard. You're already busy and stressed out and dealing with life drama or psychological symptoms. The last thing you need is more confusion about a process that is supposed to bring hope and change. In the end, I got lucky by basically throwing a dart at the board and landing with a fantastic therapist but I want to help you to use a smarter strategy. So today's episode is going to walk you step-by-step through the therapist finding process. And just a heads up, today's episode is a little bit longer than usual, just because I got really passionate about this topic and I wanted to share everything that I know and can help you with. So buckle up, and I do hope that you'll stick with me till the end because that's where I share my best tips for keeping therapy affordable. Let's get started by just clearing up some confusion first. What's the difference between a psychiatrist, psychologist, social worker, counselor, therapist? What do these words all mean? Well, we're a pretty diverse bunch. We have different types of educational backgrounds, experiences, specializations, and of course, all these confusing letters after our names. I won't actually go into defining every single type of therapist. That would take forever. So for your goal of finding a good match, I'll just stick with the most important things to know, which are, one, if you need medication, you need to see a psychiatrist. 
or another advanced practitioner who can prescribe and has a specialization in psychiatry. People with schizophrenia, bipolar disorder, severe depression, or other severe psychiatric symptoms should definitely have a psychiatrist on their team. And if you're not sure whether you need medication or need to see a psychiatrist, you can always do an evaluation with one or with a psychologist to get their treatment recommendations. On the other hand, if you're looking for some form of talk therapy, you'll most likely want to see a clinical psychologist with a PhD or PsyD, a licensed clinical social worker, or licensed professional or licensed mental health counselor. Not everybody is trained in every type of therapy. So if you specifically want, say, CBT or psychodynamic therapy or mindfulness, make sure to ask the therapist about their training and experience with this specific therapy. And keep in mind that just because someone's services cost more or they have more letters after their name doesn't necessarily mean that they're the best match for you. It's much more important to look at this therapist's experience, specific training, their philosophy, and all the other stuff that we'll talk about today. Okay, now you have some general idea of who you might be looking for, and you're ready to start the search. How exciting! Get a spreadsheet or notepad ready because you'll want to take notes on potential therapists as you do your search. And here's how to get started. First, with your insurance company's website. If you have insurance, definitely do this first. This is to spare yourself the disappointment of finding the one only to realize that they don't take your insurance. So use your insurance company's find a therapy tool. These tools are usually well-designed to filter by geographic location, therapist credentials, specialization, and even the therapist's gender. Another place to look is to ask your primary care doctor for a referral. Sometimes your family doctor is your best resource because they already know you, and they may have connections with, say, great therapists who do specific types of therapy in your area. And if they've gotten good feedback on a therapist from other patients of theirs, they can make a confident referral for you. Another place to try, especially if you're looking for a specific type of therapist, try Psychology Today or Good Therapy. You may be looking for a therapist who is, say, a person of color or speaks Spanish or has a particular sexual orientation or gender identity. You may be looking for someone who offers evening sessions or telehealth options. In these cases, psychologytoday.com and goodtherapy.com are great tools for filtering your search by these details. The therapist profiles that they have also give you better insight into a therapist's style and philosophy than usually an insurance company's website can do. And if you want to hone in on a really specific disorder or highly specialized treatment, search for a nonprofit organization with a member directory. For example, if you're looking for help with PTSD, Trauma-Focused Cognitive Behavioral Therapy is an organization that has a directory for trauma-focused therapists. They're at tfcbt.org, as in trauma-focused cbt.org. For help with insomnia, 
the Society of Behavioral Sleep Medicine, which is my home organization, has a directory at behavioralsleep.org. Those with misophonia can check out misophoniaproviders.com. And for postpartum depression, postpartumhealthalliance.org has a directory too. So you get the drift. You can search for a highly specialized therapist by starting with looking for information on your disorder. And these nonprofit organizations often offer great resources and communities too. Okay, great. So now you've got a few names jotted down. How do you narrow down your list? Here are a few things to consider. First, logistics and cost. Ideally, the therapists that you have on your shortlist have websites or directory profiles that give you the basics. Do they take insurance? What are their fees? Where are they located? When are their clinic hours? And are they even taking patients and clients at all? Your list may naturally get shorter if a therapist does not meet your logistical and financial needs. But if someone seems like a really good match, it's worth calling in case they offer options, like a sliding fee scale or scheduling flexibility sometimes. And we'll talk in a lot more detail about costs in a little while. Another thing to consider is, does the therapist really specialize in the treatment that you need? You may not need a particularly specialized treatment if you're just looking for support or looking for some insight. But if you have, say, psychological trauma or OCD, ADHD, an eating disorder, postpartum mood symptoms, sleep problems, or a personality disorder, I highly recommend finding someone who truly specializes in that area because someone without the right training could actually do more harm than good. If a therapist's bio lists many, many specialization areas, especially lots of disorders that aren't very related to each other, they may not really be a specialist. Let's say a therapist's bio claims that they're a specialist in both borderline personality disorder and sleep disorders. Well, it takes years of training to truly master treatment for borderline personality disorder, and the same is true for sleep. It would be pretty unlikely that a therapist is truly a specialist in both. But of course, it is possible. And you could always just ask about a therapist's training and experiences. You may ask something like, I noticed that you listed OCD as a disorder you treat. Could you tell me more about the type of treatment you use for OCD and how you receive training in this treatment? Now, if you've done a little background research, you might know that the treatment for OCD should be CBT, or Exposure and Response Prevention, or ERP for short. From there, the therapist's answers will help you get a better understanding of their expertise. In addition to the therapist's expertise, you'll also want to know a little bit about their philosophy. So even among therapists with pretty similar training, there can be a big range in personal philosophy. Is the therapist all about the most cutting-edge science? Or maybe focusing on the client's strengths? Or maybe getting people out of their comfort zone? Or some other focus or some combination of focuses? Don't worry if you don't know which philosophy would be the best match for you. There's always some trial and error about this kind of thing. 
at this stage, it's just most important that the therapist can articulate their philosophy at all. Their website or their initial phone or email contact with you should give you an idea of their main values. And by the way, here's a quick tip. If the therapist can't seem to talk about their philosophy beyond, I want to help you feel better, that's probably a sign to keep looking for a therapist who's a better fit for you. And one last thing to consider at this stage of your search is whether this therapist will really understand you and your experiences. A good therapist is, at their core, an empathy machine. They should be willing and able to put themselves in your shoes or at least try their best and be open to learning from you. That being said, there is certainly benefit in many cases to having a therapist who looks like you or has a similar identity or cultural background or has had a similar life experience. For example, I've had patients who really just needed to be heard by someone who is also an immigrant or a woman or an Asian American, or a mother. Although another excellent therapist may have been just as helpful, sometimes my identity at least made these patients feel more at ease in the beginning. It's not always possible to find a therapist matching your background, but if that's available to you, I recommend trying that person first. And at this point, I want to give a special shout out to Therapy for Black Girls an organization that specifically focuses on mental well-being for Black girls and women. They have a provided directory on their website, along with lots of good resources. I really highly urge you to check it out. Experience the joy of running in the new Triumph 22 from Saucony, the original running brand. Stacked with luxury foam cushioning, Triumph 22 turns miles into smiles with the ultimate blend of comfort and energy return. Shop Triumph 22 at Saucony.com. That's S-A-U-C-O-N-Y.com. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house online and owning it. Between imagining living there and breathing in your new home for the first time. Having an advocate who can help you navigate the complex world of financing, inspections, negotiating, analyzing the market, and talking through any anxieties that may pop up, that can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors and bound by a code of ethics. Because that's who we are. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've talked about how to start your search and how to narrow down your list of potential therapists. Now it's time to dive in and do some actual therapizing, or at least a little bit of interviewing. So when all the background research is through, it's really time to dive in to a real assessment session. And here's what you should look for during your first meeting with a potential therapist. Number one, they should explain informed consent. The therapist should give you an easy-to-understand introduction to who they are, what their credentials are, what the purpose of this first meeting is, 
what the rules are for confidentiality, as well as the exceptions to these rules, what their policies are, including cancellation fees, and anything else you need to know before you dive into this professional relationship. Number two, they should ask you lots of questions. After this introductory spiel, almost everything the therapist says during this first meeting should be a question. This shows that they're focused on getting to understand you. If they're diving into significant advice giving already in the first session, something like, oh yeah, you should definitely break up with her, consider this a red flag. Number three, they should also give you a chance to ask questions. So go to the first meeting prepared with what you want to know about your symptoms. What is your impression of my concerns, for example? Or do these symptoms indicate a psychological disorder? If so, which one? You should also ask about the treatment. How long do you think my treatment will last, for example? And their approach. How do you usually track treatment progress? How will we know when I'm ready to graduate from therapy? Number four, the therapist should be able to articulate a general assessment and treatment plan. This may not be set in stone or fully fleshed out by the first meeting. Often, assessments continue formally or informally long after this. But the therapist's attitude should not be, well, let's just see how it goes. They should have some plan for how to begin treating you or at least what further assessments are needed. And last but not least, they should make you feel heard, respected, and safe. No matter what type of treatment you're getting, your therapist should be an attentive, non-judgmental listener and a respectful partner in your work together. If they discriminate, dismiss, belittle, or threaten, that's an immediate deal breaker. Now, if you've met with a potential therapist and you're feeling hopeful about this person's plan and style, it's time to really dive into therapy and commit to at least a few sessions. And I say commit here because it often takes at least a few sessions to really hit the ground running, to really get into it. And sometimes you may even feel worse before things get better because you're leaving your comfort zone. So even if you're tempted to jump ship after your first few sessions, hang in there a little bit longer to reap the benefits of your hard work. Along the way, just make sure your therapist continues to be a respectful partner and can explain how and why things will improve if you stick it out. They should also keep track of your progress and be open to your feedback about how things are going. At this point, hopefully you have met your dream therapist, you've really hit it off, you're doing valuable and productive work together, you're leaving your comfort zone, you're seeing progress. That would be the ideal scenario. Don't be afraid to touch base with your therapist about things that don't seem to be working. Don't be afraid to ask questions about where things are going. Don't be afraid to voice your concerns. And if things are really not going well, or if your therapist seems really unwilling to listen to your feedback or to work with you on your goals, it's time to gently break up with that person and to move on to another therapist. This happens very commonly, so don't feel discouraged. Don't feel bad. Now I want to focus on a topic that is really close to my heart and I know is probably really important to you, and that is 
How much will therapy cost? There is a huge range of what therapy can cost. Depending on where the therapist is located, your health insurance, the therapist's credentials and specialization, the setting where they're seeing you, and a lot more. The U.S. national average is between $60 to $120 per session. But for specialists, in metropolitan areas especially, it could be upwards of $250 or even $300 per session. I don't know about you, but to me, that sounds like a lot of money and not something that I can just easily pull out of my pocket week after week. So here are some tips for finding affordable therapy. First of all, this one may seem obvious, but use your health insurance if you can. But make sure to read the fine print or call your insurance company just to make sure about co-pays and limits on the number of sessions covered. Also. Ask your therapist or potential therapist which billing codes they use so you can ask your insurance provider if those billing codes are covered. This is getting into too much of the nitty-gritty, but trust me, there are different billing codes and sometimes they're covered, sometimes they're not, so it's good to do your homework up front. Now, if you don't have insurance or your preferred therapist is out of network, you may still get partial coverage. Ask your therapist for a super bill that you can give to your insurance company to ask for reimbursement. Another tip is that generally, psychiatrists are more expensive than psychologists who are more expensive than social workers and counselors. If your needs will be met by a counselor, such as having supportive therapy or a specific type of problem that your counselor specializes in, definitely try starting here first. And again, just because a provider is more expensive doesn't mean they're necessarily a better match for you. So do your research on different types of providers, on the treatments that you need, and see which provider is trained in that treatment or which provider has the best philosophy or style match for you. Another tip for affordable therapy is to check with your employer or HR department. They may offer free mental health benefits to you and even your family members with, say, an employee assistance program or a therapy reimbursement program. So talk to your HR representative just to explore this option. Another one of my favorite tips for affordable therapy is to find a training clinic. These places can be a great option for getting high-quality care for less cost. For example, the clinic where I trained offered a sliding scale for sessions starting at $5. And my patients were getting care from not just me, the students, but also my highly qualified, world-class, multiple hundred dollars per hour professors. So to see if there's a training clinic near you, look up clinical psychology, social work, or counseling graduate programs at universities close to you. And then you can check out their website or call the program to see if they have a training clinic. And lastly, research studies are also great opportunities to get therapy for free. You will likely even be compensated a small amount of money for your time. If you live near a university or academic medical center, this institution likely has a website specifically for finding active research studies. And you know what? Even if you don't live near a university or academic medical center, 
Do some research anyway for places that are somewhat near you, maybe in the next town or next county over. That's because in these days of telehealth, you may be surprised at how able you are to participate in research studies without being physically near the institution. All right, now you know all about finding a good therapist for you. Hopefully, this advice comes just in time for your New Year's health and wellness goals. If you've had particularly good or bad experiences in your therapist search, do let me know so I can collect more tips to help others. Together, let's democratize mental health care and make it as accessible as possible. Thank you so much for joining me for this last original episode of Savvy Psychologist in 2020. I am so happy to be wrapping up this year with you all, and I wish you all a wonderful holiday season and a fantastic, bright start to the new year. Let's continue our conversation on social media. Tell me how you felt about 2020. Tell me how you're looking forward to 2021. You can find me on Facebook and Twitter. I'm at QDT Savvy Psych. I'm also at Jade Wu PhD. We can also keep in touch through the Savvy Psychologist newsletter, where I'll send you psychology tips and news right to your inbox. Savvy Psychologist is audio engineered by Steve Rickyberg and edited by Karen Hertzberg. As always, Savvy Psychologist is strictly for informational purposes and does not substitute for mental health care from a licensed professional. Thank you so much again for joining me. Happy New Year and happy holidays. I'll see you next week and next year for a happier and healthier mind. There are any number of reasons you might consider selling your home. To move closer to family, live within a smaller budget, or just wanting a change of scenery. Whatever your reasons, having to figure out all the various housing market trends in your area may not be what you signed up for. That's where an agent who is a Realtor comes in. Realtors have the expertise to help you find the right price and navigate the process to sell your home in a way that's right for you. That's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. If a friend asks how you're doing, and you say, I'm okay. When the truth is, I don't want my problems to burden anyone. Or you say, Hang it in there. Because, If I ask for help, they'll just think I'm weak. Then this is your sign to call, text, or chat. 988 for free, confidential support. Anytime. You don't have to hide how you feel. 